Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone. Welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I am Jason. And uh, we are uh, Pardon the Intermission, a show that talks about, what do we talk about, Jason? Oh, gee, let's see. We talk about movies. We talk about TV. We talk about pop culture. We talk about anything that geeks you out, that geeks me out, and that geeks everybody else out. But also, somewhere in between, we talk about uh, really important uh, news that's happening in the entertainment industry. Sorry, Disney, we've been bagging on you a lot lately. Uh, but <laughs> thanks been an e- for the plotter. They've been an easy target, man. Come on. They, they have, I will admit that, they've been a large dartboard with a big red dot in the middle. It's but their that's own, great. It's their own doing, yeah. It or, is of their own doing. Undoing, so, yeah, maybe. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we talk about, again, a little bit of everything in between. So uh, we have a lot of fun doing it, and we guys, we hope you guys have fun listening to it. Yeah. And uh, also, if you guys want to check us out on our social media, we are at uh, on X at uh, PTI at underscore. Wait, no. Yeah. PTI at underscore podcast, right? No, yeah, at, at PTI cool. underscore podcast. <laughs> at PTI underscore. I was the one who used to get it wrong. Now you're getting it I wrong. know, man. I know. Now I'm messing <laughs> it up. What's going on? It's my turn, I it's, guess. Yeah. It, it's PTI under. It's at PTI underscore, underscore podcast. podcast. Yes. yes. And also and then on, on Facebook. At Pardon the Intermission. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are, if it sounds a little different, we are, uh, once again, we are in different locations. I'm, uh, uh, Jason's in his bunker trying to stay healthy, and I'm uh, I'm yep. here in, in a studio infecting everything, so. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, but anyway, we're, still- we're, we're still plugging through, right? We're still going to do the show, man. We are. We are still doing the show. I am here from the comfort and confines of my living room. My dog is sitting next to me. I'm eating a leftover sub sandwich and getting ready to talk about our first <laughs> big big story of the night, Eric. Hopefully. That, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, man. Yes, it is. Um hey, we are we actually you and I went and mm-hmm. saw uh an interesting yeah. movie. Uh-huh. That we wanted to do a review on tonight. Yeah. And uh, we're pretty excited about it. Um so what what is it? What are we gonna talk about? So, Eric and I went and saw this movie on Tuesday night called The Shift. Um, if you haven't heard of it, folks, don't be afraid. Don't be concerned because um, chances are you probably haven't heard about it. It's a small, uh, locally produced film here in Fresno, California from an independent film studio. And it is a science fiction, faith-based film. And I actually found out about this from a uh, Facebook friend of mine who has some theater ties here, who's actually in the movie and hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show Mm, to talk about his role in the film. But I, I heard about it and I, I don't remember if it was me mentioning it to you about going to see the movie or vice versa, but um, yeah, it's a really interesting film because it's basically an Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. It's basically kind of a, a, a rehash or a retelling of the book of Job from the Bible. Isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's actually what they said in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they made reference to that. So, yeah, th- this is an interesting, um, like mm-hmm. you said, this is a real interesting story. Um, yeah. the, the shift, now I heard about this through, I was listening to another uh, podcast, and the, uh, the actual producers, um, mm-hmm. Angel Studios, were on there. And uh, yeah. they were they were talking about the movie. Now, the, the Angel Studios, uh, Angel as Angel Studios, I think, yeah, is the name of it. Yep. They're the ones that produced uh, 
They recently produced that. Oh, what is that? Now, of course, that name escapes me. What's the name of that movie uh, about the uh, child trafficking? Oh, that would be called the um, uh, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. So they, they recently produced that. And um, mm-hmm. they well, actually they produce, I say I should say, also distribute. It actually is what, what they really do. Um, yeah. But uh, they were on there talking about this one. I thought, man, this sounds really interesting. And I had no idea at the time uh, the local ties that this that this uh, movie had to uh, where we live in Fresno, the valley. We call it the valley. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is it is pretty interesting. So apparently, uh, this guy had had written the the writer and director of the movie is named Brock Heasley, and yeah. uh, he grew up here in Fresno. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know him. I've never met him. Uh, okay. but, uh, I, you don't know him either, right? Correct. Uh, this was the first time I'd ever heard of his name. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, apparently yeah, you don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so he wrote this, he, he wrote this originally as a short and, um, uh, you can actually go on YouTube right now and watch the original mm-hmm. short movie. And now yep. that, that movie was actually filmed in, uh, Fresno here locally, that short. But he used that, and I guess, of course, it's always one of these overnight eight-year successes, right? It took him eight years to wow. get to get this thing going, but everybody just thinks you're an instant success. You know how that always works, right? It's uh, like, yeah, usually it doesn't work out. Yeah, hey. yeah, you're an overnight <laughs> success, but it took, you know, that overnight was eight years long. Right, um, exactly. But anyway, so he used the short that he filmed here in Fresno uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, to actually, you know, raise money. And to film, uh, to to put together the full length feature, uh, which is what you know what we went and saw in the movie theater, which is pretty incredible, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was, and you know, I think you will agree with me on this one, Eric. That um, I came away impressed with just the way the film was made overall, because it wasn't like another typical low budget film like Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi, where you could clearly tell that it was made on a shoestring budget that it was put together in 15 days yeah. and that it had really bad editing, bad, everything like this. The movie I thought was, was put together very well for a smaller independent film with a, a not so enormous budget. I thought it was fairly well done. Uh, the, the, the story to suffice to say folks bounces back and forth a lot. And so this is because there's a lot of jumping back and forth from the, the future to the past to the future to the past, so on and so forth. Because the, the the title of the movie, The Shift, suggests that one of the main characters, played by um, a very good, well, well-known well character actor by the name of Neil McDonough, who's been in a number of good projects in Hollywood, is respond has the ability to basically shift people to is a different is a different time periods in time, Eric, or is it different realities? I think it's or different. I think um, it's different realities. That's or, right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like different realities. It's almost like uh, it, that was the one mm-hmm. thing that was very interesting about the movie is that it it uh, uh, it, it of course it had a lot of religious undertones, but it didn't didn't preach yeah. right to your face about it. I mean, it it was it was subtle, right. subtle. Um, but but yes, it it was kind of interesting the fact that. They didn't go into it too much. Just the fact that yes, he could shift, and it was almost like these different realities with these same. Th- this one character, Kevin Garner, which is the main guy, played by Christopher Palaha, and right. you know, and and so basically, you have who you mentioned already, Neil McDonough, and he plays the benefactor, which of course the we end up knowing yeah. as the devil. 
Right, and right. Uh, uh, let me let me just mention here: there might be some spoilers here, folks. But we'll be as we'll be as 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 nice as we can, uh, <laughs> right. you know. And we'll try to unspoil it for you, actually, with this one. And we can talk about spoilers in, in a, on a different show. But I, I think we've got enough here that we, you know, I don't have to go into the spoilers. But, but basically, right. anyway, so basically, it's Neil McDonough, this character of the benefactor, is trying to recruit this uh, this other uh, character, you know, Kevin. And he says that there are many other Kevins. So obviously, it's kind of the same guy, but yep. but on these all different different timelines or or different realities. So yeah, that was that was pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, it really was. And again, like I said, just the, the overall look and the feel of the movie didn't have that small, low-budget feel to it. The cinematography was fairly well done. Um, the, the, the editing of the film, the transition from scene to scene, was fairly well done either. And there's, there's one scene in the movie that I was really impressed with where there's a part where the main actor that you talked about, Kevin, um, his character, there's a scene where he's in a, a motel room Mm-hmm. And he steps out of the motel room and then he's out there in like this public street where these futuristic cops are tr- are going after him. Yeah. And when he steps back into the hotel room, they're not there. But then when he goes back out, they're there. So yeah. on and so forth. And that, that I thought that was a very impressive scene because you couldn't tell of, of any type of lapses in the transition there. It was a well done, well cut scene. And so as far as far as smaller independent films go. Yeah, I thought I was impressed with it. Very, very well done. Oh yeah, and and, and going back to what you're saying, so uh, they they actually now, if you want to uh, get down to the nitty gritty, the short film that yeah. that originally uh, kickstarted this off, that was made with five hundred dollars. So that wow. was that was a five hundred dollar, um, uh, uh, you know, had a five hundred dollar budget for that okay. short. Which you okay. know, it, which is is understandable, you know. And I think he even I, I listened yeah. to some interviews with uh, with Brock Heasley, and he's even talking about. I think he he called it pizza money. I guess he worked, um, you know, he was working, uh, you know, as I don't know, he did something in pizza. He didn't really save his delivery or what he did, but he saved his money mm-hmm. to create this. Uh, okay, create it. You know, he just kind of scraped together what he could to create that short. Now the 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 full length feature that the budget on that movie. Are you ready mm-hmm. for this? Uh, knock my socks off, man. Six point five million. Whoa! Can you believe well, that was it? Film? Can you wow. believe that was it, dude? That's like is that crazy? Uh, that that uh, it's it's asinine when you well, think about it. I'll tell you what. When we were watching this movie, I mean, I thought this movie at least cost probably about twenty five million to make. Right. Right. And and there yeah. and and from what I from what I got the information I gathered it it only cost them six point five million and and just like you said the quality of this movie was amazing I I cannot believe yeah. first off um, um you know the story was really it's kind of a dystopian uh, mm-hmm. like we said storytelling of of Job here of from the Bible yeah. you know but um the the storytelling was really good I thought the I thought the uh, dialogue was amazing. Uh, between you know that was one of the things uh, that really uh, impressed me it, there was no wasted you know I hate that when you're when you're watching a movie or a show and there's so much wasted dialogue and and yeah. you know they're just trying to fill the time in right right you know that's like every Disney show out there right yeah. now on Disney plus they're just trying to fill in time it's like I don't need that let's get to the story you know but Right. Anyway, um, the dialogue was was really tight. It was great, just like you said. Mm-hmm. The cinematography on this thing, uh, the cinematographer was Ed Lucas. I had I don't know him. I haven't really heard of him. This right. guy, I mean, the way he shot it was 
was very artistic. I mean, it 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 yep. was it truly blew me away. I mean, the shots. We even talked about it that you know he used. Now you could tell you know they used a lot of close-ups. They didn't have a lot of big sets to throw in or a lot of CGI, right. which I'm happy right. with. Don't put the CGI in it. Yeah. You know, they, they did a, maybe a little bit just here and there, just a tad, but nothing huge. But, you know, that's okay. I would rather have the close-ups and the way that they this guy shot it was just, I mean, it was amazing. You didn't need all that. And it still right. felt right. like that big budget feature. Like you said, you didn't feel, it didn't feel cheap at all. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it did not feel cheap at all. And then, um, you know, in terms of making sure that they didn't go overboard, with a lot of the other ancillary um, uh, features in the film, like props and costumes. Yeah, I thought they tailored everything well to the story that they were telling. And, um, you know, it it really kind of, it it really proved, Eric, that uh, a film that's made, even on a small budget, whether it's small or large or medium or whatever, regardless of what you do, if you put your resources to the right use and you craft together that story that we've always talked about on several episodes of this show Yeah, that you, you can slap it together with a $6 million budget or a $50 million budget and still make it good. And so you're right. The key to there, what you just said earlier, you alluded to was that they didn't try and go overboard with anything. They made it within the realm of the story that they were telling. And that's what pulled it off. And that's what I liked about it. Well, and, and I'll tell you, and here's the other, other factor uh, to that is that, you know, you give, and they had great actors. You give great actors uh, great dialogue, you know, yeah. and great material to work with, and and you get a great product. And you know, and I'll mention, I mean, you know, uh, Christopher Palaha. I I don't know him that well. I mean, I think he was right. in like uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Wasn't he the body that uh, what's his face occupied? I think. Uh, yeah, he was the body that Chris Pine occupied. That's right. I mean, you know, and yeah. and he's and I guess he's in a lot of Hallmark uh, shows and stuff, but. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, the the chemistry. Now, let me let me also set this up that it's a love story, too. He's trying to get back. He shifted away from his love and he's trying to get back to her. And uh, uh, that's Molly. Uh, The character is Molly and she's played by Elizabeth Tabish. And the chemistry, the chemistry was phenomenal between these two. I mean, it was amazing. There's a scene that um, I'm sitting there watching and, you know, we're watching it and there's a scene when he finally gets back to her uh spoiler mm-hmm. alert and i'm not going to tell you what happens in this scene just as a fact though that this is that that the dialogue between them and the emotion and everything was so real i mean i i i forgot i was watching a movie i thought i was actually watching life play out i mean it was amazing yeah yeah absolutely and as much as this movie is uh basically a retelling of the book of job from the bible eric it also really makes us question um a lot of things, not just about our faith, but the movie also makes us question um, the choices that we make in life. Mm. And it makes us it makes us question the decisions that we make in life and how every choice that we make leads to a consequence, both good and bad. Yeah. And the, the lead actor, Kevin, obviously, is a very tormented, tragic character because he feels like he's lost everything in his life, his son, his wife. But yet he still hasn't lost his faith. And even though he feels like he has not like, even though he could feel like he has nothing left to live for, he's still making an effort to go back to his love, to his wife and to his son. And so again, uh, it's a, it's a movie that helps us question our faith. It helps us, um, 
think deeper about our faith, but it also helps us think a lot more about the choices that we make in life and really how much we should just value every day that we're on this earth. And that's that's another underpinning message of the or another underpinning theme of the film there. Yeah, and you know, and, and the thing too is, is uh, uh, I mean, and Christopher Palaha was was actually an excellent choice for that role because I think he hit, I mean, he hit mm-hmm. all those uh, markers. I mean, yeah, you know, it, yeah. he really did a great job. I mean, I was really impressed uh, by the yeah. job he did. And then yeah. also Neil McDonough. I mean, I've seen Neil McDonough, and I haven't seen him in everything he's done, but I've seen him. He mm-hmm. always plays the bad guy in everything he does. Almost, I don't. Th- I think he's. I don't know if he's ever played a good guy, to be honest. But he always plays uh, kind of the bad guy, kind of the the foil all the time, you know. And and uh, I got to tell you, this this role though, I mean, this was one of his best. I think I've seen him act. Uh, I was really blown away by his performance, you know, because I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, Neil McDonough, he's the bad guy. But man, he, I don't know, he there was something special about this performance. Yeah, you know, Neil McDonough's career has actually been impressive over the years. He's he's tallied quite an impressive resume. In fact, I first saw him in Star Trek First Contact back mm. in 1996. He played the helmsman of the Enterprise E, Lieutenant Hawk, who eventually was assimilated by the Borg, and his character was killed off, and yeah, 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 the rest is history. But, I mean, Eric, listen to some of these other films that he's been in um, that's his, that have established his career. He's been in uh re- most recently the full um he was in uh let's see he was in the tv series the flash which was on netflix for a while yeah. that was a very popular series he was in but the suits movies, I, I'm, yeah that, he was in that's the yeah, series that i've that i've been talking about recently mm-hmm. that i've watched and, and that's funny because yeah he's he's he was a big part of i think it's season five or season six or both of those he, he was a pretty big yeah. chunk yeah he was also in uh, my. He had a, a good sized role in minority report with yeah. uh, tom cruise which is a good science fiction movie yeah and he was also in Captain America, the first Avenger. He played uh, the the main guy for Steve Rogers, not Bucky Barnes, but the other guy. His name was, I think, Dum Dum or Bam Bam or something like that. Mm. But uh, he was in Captain America, the first Avenger. He's been in TV shows like Justified. He was in uh, American Horror Story. So he has racked up quite an impressive resume throughout his career here. And, you know, and I was listening to an interview with him, too, and he was talking about uh, just, you know, he, he's a very religious man, too. Um, interestingly yes. enough, because he didn't want to play the part originally, he said. Um, okay. I, I guess uh, the story goes that he said his wife said that, you know, it's because he's, because of his faith and how strong he is, you know, in his faith that he needed to play this role, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and actually he did, he did an amazing job. But yeah, he talks yep. about that, that, you know, it's funny, he, he, he never did. And, and he, he has it. He actually got kicked off a show. I can't, he wouldn't say what show it was, but he got kicked off a mm-hmm. show because he wouldn't do a kissing scene slash sex scene. In really? there, he said he has never done a kissing sex or any sex scenes. He says it's oh. funny. I'll go and I'll shoot, you know, 10, 20 guys, you know, and do all this stuff. But he goes, I will not, you know, because these lips are only made for one woman, and that's his wife. I thought, wow, that's that's pretty amazing. But he actually, yeah. So I guess he kind of got blackballed for a while uh, in mm-hmm. Hollywood because of that, and he's been able to really kind of resurrect his career. I had no idea. I mean, I had, you know, didn't know any of that until I kind of started doing a little bit of research into this, but. Uh, yeah, uh, he he was also in another really popular series called Yellowstone. I'm sure you yeah, Yellowstone. That. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and uh, and to round out the cast list, uh, Sean Astin is in this film as well. I'm sure you all know who Sean Astin is. Yeah, uh, Mikey from the Goonies and Samwise Gamgee from the Lord of the Rings films, mm-hmm. and uh, also another another Star Trek actor is in this film. His name is John Billingsley. 
Um, oh he yeah, plays a character name. He played he played Russo, and John Billingsley played Doctor Flox in the uh, series Star Trek Enterprise, which was on for uh, aired for five seasons. I oh believe. wow, he was yeah. also in Suits too. Billingsley was in Suits. Yeah, yeah, he he was oh, in there yeah, for yeah, yeah. a sorry. few I episodes. Remember, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he okay. was he was in a few episodes. So, yeah, I mean it, it did it did it had definitely had an amazing cast. Um, and you know, yeah. and and going back here to what you're talking about with the editing, I think the editing was was phenomenal. Um, the editor was Chris Witt. I like I say, I'm I'm not familiar with with him uh, or his or his work necessarily, but but the guy is is a phenomenal editor because. There was not a, a minute of wasted time or space or cuts, anything in this film, I think. I mean, right. I, I don't know if you could edit a film any better than what this guy did. Yeah, no, you, yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. I agree. You could clearly tell um, how much precision and how much care was taken into making this film and to making it feel as realistic as possible. And Eric, one powerful effect that a lot of those close up shots had in the movie was that they put you right in that scene. Oh, yeah. And they made you feel exactly what the characters were feeling. And I was there were times where I was even feeling exactly what Kevin was feeling when he was trying to find a way back to his wife and to find a way back to his son because it made me think about my family. Mm. It made me think, well, how would I react if my wife, if I lost my wife, how would I be able to handle that tragedy? How yeah. would I be able to compartmentalize that? More importantly, he also lost his son in the movie how would i handle if my own daughter if god forbid something happens to her how would i be able to handle that the way his character did yeah so that that's another powerful part of that film is that those close-up scenes put you in the scenes with the actors and make you feel what they're feeling it's very very moving well you know kind of going going along those lines uh in listening to the story of, of brock heasley and and i don't remember this now this would have been a local story for you and i but i don't remember but i yeah. guess his uh you know he's always um been a religious uh, person uh, for you know for a long time uh, and but when he was young, when he was like 13, I guess his father had ran a, um, I think it was a pawn shop or something, and he okay. had gotten robbed and gotten like shot 13 times. Wow. And and survived. Wow. Okay. And and then, yeah, but unfortunately, I it, he was saying that when he was 19, so uh, a few years later, he got robbed again. His father got robbed again, and this time he did not survive. So... You know, so you could tell there was a lot of that that went into this movie, the loss, you know, and the dealing with, you know, losing yeah. all that and, and yeah. you know, and still having faith in in um, in God, um, yeah. which which so you could tell it was written from the heart is where I'm getting at. You know, this guy that right. he lived it, he he lived through some stuff and, and he really wrote from the heart. And you can just tell in, in this uh, uh, movie that that's where it was coming from. I, like I said, I didn't know his story until afterwards, but you know, I, once it, it, it clicked in, I was like, oh, okay, this makes total sense, you know? Right. Right. And you know, Eric, something else that I really liked about this film was that it got me excited for independent films again, mm. because we have been hit with a deluge of box office blockbusters over the last several years and i'm not talking about just just marvel movies and dc movies or or disney movies i'm talking about like other big budget action films like sylvester stallone's the expendables series and um you know it, it's good to see that hope that at least one smaller local especially a locally produced film here no less is garnering a lot of interest at the box office and it was good to see 
uh, kind of to kind of deviate from the box office blockbusters, because as much as I like those, as much as I enjoy watching those films, I took greater enjoyment out of seeing true art and true creativity in this locally produced film. And it put a smile on my face because I'm like, yeah, it, it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. Well, like I said, with with six point five million, I mean, I mean, that's a lot of money to me. But I mean, in, in the realm of filmmaking, that's nothing. Right. That that exactly. is nothing. I mean, that that's maybe one explosion. That's one special effect, you know, in, in one right. scene. Um, right, exactly. So, yeah. And, and I've been preaching it right on this channel. I mean, I think this is this is a time right now that uh, independent yeah. movies have an opportunity to shine. There's a window here that they can really just bust through. And. And also included in that, you know, what Angel Studios is doing for independent movie and able to, to distribute them and get these in theaters. Because that's the whole problem. You know, there's there's so much good material. There's so many good stories. There's so many good actors and directors, writers, cinematographers. There's so many talented people that just can't break through. They can't get through that, that you know... Uh, they can't just kind of bust through that door and and get in like yeah. the theaters and stuff. But Angel Studios is now, um, you know, finding helping people find a way to be able to do that, which is amazing. Um, you know, the other thing right. I like too, and, and I heard about this too with Sound of Freedom. But the other thing I like too is that they have, of course, that you know, buy a ticket for someone, which we were sitting in the audience yeah. member, and it's like special message and like two minutes, and so we waited. We're waiting. Okay, what's a special message after the yeah. movie, right? And and it, and it was the the star, you know, Chris Christopher Palaha. He came on. And he said, "Hey, you know, buy yeah. a ticket for somebody else." Which I did hear that happen in Sound of Freedom too. And I was like, you know, that is really actually a pretty cool idea because, you know, yeah. it, it, it kind of like paying it forward. Let's get people in here to see it. If they can't afford it, let's get them in. I mean, this has a and it has a good story and a good message. Which was the other point I was going to bring up. We don't have enough of these good stories, you know, yeah. and and messages. Uh, yeah. really, in in these movies anymore? We really, I think, we're thirsting for that as as a culture. It's like we just want that so bad, and that's why, like, Sound of Freedom or like this one. Yeah, I think this one's going to do really well too. Uh, you know, over the weeks here, it's in it's in the uh, theaters. Um, yeah. we just want that so much. You know, we need that. Yeah, and yeah, another good thing about this too, folks, is that it's a movie that you can take your whole family to. Now, yeah, I will say this: true. there is a, there is a little bit of thematic violence in it but please take that term with a grain of salt folks there are some weapons used in the movie but it's not like uh, a rambo film where you're seeing heads being blown off and brains being no. splattered all over the screen yeah um it's it, again it's thematic stylized violence there's no blood no gore there's no foul language so this is a movie that you can take your whole family with and go see and hopefully they all can derive the same enjoyment out of it that you can yeah you know, I, I will bring up one. There is one one thing that's kind of stuck with me um, yeah. since we watched this movie, and I'm going to ask you about this. We didn't talk about it yeah. after we after we. It, it kind of just dawned on me a couple of days later. Yeah. Now, you know, we're yeah. watching the movie, right? And so, you know, the I, we're talking about the shift, right? So we're getting to the idea of the shifting. So that he this uh, this benefactor, this character, of the benefactor, right. shifts people to different realities. And remember, and then and then the main character, Kevin, was like, "Well, yeah, but he goes, well, no, I asked my wife asked me to do this.'" Or remember that whole thing where it's like, you know, she didn't ask me to do it, but he's like, no, she right. did in a different reality. Or, you know, there was some, some of something where it was like they just got shifted and he said, you won't know the difference when you get shifted. You right. know, it's like there's just these little slight, slight differences 
sometimes mm-hmm. that you that you won't really notice that somebody else has been shifted in that spot. Yeah. You know, it's the same yeah. it's a different person. It's the same person, but a different, I don't know, personality, I guess, that's getting shifted in there. Here here's what I was gonna ask you. Have you ever done that? Have yeah. you ever woke up and everything mm-hmm. just kind of seems off and you feel like you're in a different reality? Every morning when I wake up on the sofa <laughs> in the living room, Eric. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I'm being serious, though. I mean, you know, I've had well, that happen where it's like I'll wake up and it's like, man, this, I just feel, things just feel off today. Things feel yes. different. Weird, right? Yeah. Yes, Eric. In all seriousness here, yes. Uh, there have been several days throughout the course of my life, most recently, where I have woken up and something doesn't feel right. Something feels off. Yeah. I feel bad about something, even though I didn't do something bad. And, um, yeah, I've definitely been in those. Or how about, how about those times too? Like, have you ever done that where it's like, you'll have, it's like something will happen and you're like, I don't know how this thing got over there. I never put it there, but apparently I did Mm -hmm. because it got there. You know what I mean? Like, or like when your keys, like, didn't I put my keys right here? And the next thing you know, your keys are in a total different spot. And, you know, and and people have always kind of said, oh, it's the ghost, you know, moving things. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh. I think this guy, I think Brock Easley's onto something. He may know something about time travel that we have to look more <laughs> right? into here or about shifting you know, realities or something. He knows a lot more about time travel than Marvel does, I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not trying to mess it up. Oh, and man. As far as misplacing uh, keys and personal objects, my wife can attest to that. So that is fact. <laughs> that happens, all right? Oh, man. That's <laughs> funny, man. That's funny. It is. It is. Yeah, so I, I don't know, man. I, I I tell you what. I think uh, this movie for me was A+. Plus and, you know, it yeah. it... it, it like I said, for for the movie that it is, for an independent movie, it doesn't uh-huh. feel like it at all. It feels like a bigger budget movie. It's is it perfect? I wouldn't say it was perfect. No, not at all. But yeah. it's really, really close. I mean, everything just hits on all cylinders with this one for me. Um, yep. I would definitely recommend it. I, I think everybody needs to see this movie. If, if you're in into religion or not, I would say mm-hmm. see this movie. I mean, it's got a great message overall. It doesn't preach to you. It's just no. there as part of the yeah. story. Yeah, you just hit the nail right on the head. You don't have to be uh, you don't have to be a diehard Christian or a diehard believer. You don't even have to be a born again Christian. This is a movie that I think will. Uh, speak vol- that speaks volumes to a lot of people of a lot of different beliefs and faiths. And most importantly, it's a movie where, again, because you don't necessarily need to be religious to enjoy it, it helps convey a lot of other important themes about life and about relationships and about everything else in between. And so, yeah, it, it's it's appropriate for everybody, faithful or non. Yeah. No, I like it. Should we go see it yep. again? Dude, I'm down for seeing it again. Yeah. I really am. I think we I think should, we should, man. We should yank our wives into going to see it. Uh, yeah, I, I think they would actually really like it. I Because I think, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll finish with this right here. Yeah, it it yeah. has, uh, you just brought something up that, that reminded me. It has actually everything for everyone. It's There's a love story. There's uh-huh. there's action in it. There's drama. There's sci-fi. Yep. I mean, it's got it all, man. There's romance. There's romance, yeah. So yeah, and I'll tell you what. I'm gonna steal that. Uh, I'm gonna steal that line from uh, the act that the actress used, the pickup line. 
when she went over to Kevin and said, uh, what are you, the most uh, pathetic-looking person at this bar or something like that? I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, oh, that was a great scene. I'm telling you, man, the, the, the scenes between <laughs> between uh, Molly and Kevin, Elizabeth Tabish and Christopher Plow, right? that, those, they, I mean, those were, I mean, those were so intense, man. I was, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're into the, the romance stuff, that, those were very intense, yeah. Yep, yep. They did an amazing job, definitely. so, yeah, everybody did an amazing job on that movie, so, yeah, definitely, that's it for us, but you guys definitely gotta go see it. I, I give yep. it, a, I give it an A+. Plus. What do you give it? I, I give it, uh, to quote Siskel and Ebert, two thumbs up. There you go, two thumbs up. Well, hey, everyone, yep. <laughs> that's gonna do it for us. <laughs> We're definitely fanboys of The Shift. Uh, yep. Wonderful, wonderful movie. If you guys can, always uh, review the show for us. Uh, it helps out with the algorithm, helps out the show, and subscribe. And uh, we'll see yep. you guys on the next one. Yep, we're going to shift out of here. Peace <laughs> out, people. God bless. Later. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.